0: Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearcchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We talked last week, and I won't go into all of it, about how we can grow in our vision of God. And we said start with what is revealed in God's Word. I'm gonna recap super quick. Start with what is revealed in God's Word. Your vision of God, your perspective of God is directly impacted by what you see in His Word. And so as you begin to read His Word, if you're fairly new to reading the Bible, just listen, don't get discouraged at all the stuff you don't know. As long, I'm telling you, as long as you read the Bible, you will always be finding stuff you don't know. We're right now, we're in our devotions, we're in the book of Revelations. And I, I have the most challenging time with Revelation. I just, people say, you're not good on end times. Yep, I got it, I'm not. Uh, Steve Meeker, I don't know if Steve is here. Steve, are you here? See, Steve, if you'd have been here, I would have recognized you since you're not, I ain't saying a word. But, um, <laughs> you know, Steve does, Steve does a great class on Revelation. And he always goes, well, you know, he sees great things out of Revelation. I, here's my Here's my summary. At the end, Jesus wins. Stay with him. <laughs> Stay on his side. But, but I'll, I, will, I will veer off on those because it's just not, it's just not something I, I am super, super strong in. And so you read the Bible and you think, hey, I don't understand it. Don't get worried about what you don't understand. Just be grateful for what you do. And just say, Lord, thank you. I, I see that. But here's the deal. The more you read the Bible, the more light will come. And as you read, you'll see things. And the beautiful thing about scriptures is you can read them over and over again. You can read the very same passage today that you read yesterday and it doesn't seem like old stuff. So just stay with what's revealed in God's Word. Take time to meditate on God's Word. I won't go into that, we talked about that, that's so important. Taking time to begin to slow down and think, I'm probably gonna do some things either at the beginning of the year or something, talking really about how to have a good devotional time with the Lord and how to have that, how to do that. I think sometimes I say it and a lot of times people are like, yeah, and they like, I have no idea how to do that. And so I always encourage people to slow down, to take the time to meditate on God's word. And then here's something that we talk about growing our vision of God. Praise God for his greatness. Psalms 145, three. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. That word, it really means unfathomable. In other words, (laughs) you realize that God is even greater than what we can comprehend with our mind. He is great and He's greatly to be praised. And so God is worthy to be praised, worthy to be given praise. And so praising God for His greatness, we had someone that that wrote us a a prayer request that came in. And uh, a lady said that she had come to the church, it was Sunday, and she had come to the church. Did you see that one, Justin? She's the one that said that um, she was contemplating suicide. And during the worship, she said, she just began to cry. She said, and she realized she needed Jesus. And so, and so that, I, I thought that's what, but during the worship, and during the worship, it's when we begin to get glimpses of the greatness of God. But, but you know, the beautiful thing about it oh no, we got an Amber alert. Because <laughs> if we do, I'll, a whole bunch of phones are about to start to go off in just a few minutes. All right. Um, Praising God. Okay, we're okay. Um, I just did the squirrel. Okay. Praising God for his, for his greatness. Oh, you can praise him besides Sunday and Wednesday. All the time. And, um, and, and listen, here, here's the thing. You say, well, I'm just not comfortable praising him. It's because you just haven't gotten used to it yet. You just need to get used to it. The more you get used to it, the more comfortable you become. And listen, no one said you had to do it in the middle of your block, where everyone can see you. Just, just do it privately. So, do you enjoy get together and worship together? No. We don't worship together in here, but at home, she has her place. I have my place, because I'm not worshiping. I'm worshiping the Lord. And, and she might be praying or doing something different. So uh, nothing against it. if you worship together, I think that's wonderful. But the idea is worship, praising for his greatness. Second thing is talk about God being powerful. There is a heart and mouth uh, connection here. Romans 10, eight says the word is near you. It's in your mouth and, and it's in your heart, the word of faith, which we preach. Uh, there is a lot more to our words than we realize. And to create an awareness of something, to create an awareness in your own life of how great God is, if you will talk about him and talk about his power and talk about his greatness, there is that connection there. It's a powerful connection. And it will work in you. And so the idea is the more you begin to talk, it, the more that, that heart-mouth connection begins to work. And so that's a whole other message, but if you talk about it. But I was thinking about this. Talk about his greatness and power, Psalms 145. See, I've been on Psalms 145, and it's amazing what you can glean out of a psalm if you'll just stay there and go there like every day for a while. And it, it, this is not a, a, a speed read thing. So you read it, go back and read it again, and read it, He said, men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power. Now, talking of God's power, it's God's powerful. He's good. I mean, around our house, we'll we'll, we'll talk and go, the Lord's good. And I'll go, he is good to us. He is good to us all the time. And if you've never done that before, it's going to sound strange. But do you realize how much we talk about how powerful or how good other people are? I will give you an example. Sunday, I watched the Texans win again. <laughs> you know, I hate the fact that I'm in church and I get more response for the Texans. than. I... But, here's the deal. Um, we talk about, and by the way, <laughs> we got a quarterback. Thank you, Lord. And, a quarterback who is a believer, who starts, who start, so he starts all of his, his interviews off with, uh, I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm like, yes. <laughs> thank you. Amen. But we were, talking, we were talking about him the other day, and I'm talking with Derek. With, oh, did you see that man? He knows how to step into the pocket. He gets rid of it. He didn't play like a rookie. We were talking about the power of somebody else. If we can do that with other people, why don't we do that with God? Oh, we got a great God. God is good. Oh, He's big. Yes, He is. And He helps us. Yes, He does. He gives us wisdom when we need it. He knows everything. He knows everything about everything. He can help us. He can heal us. He can strengthen us. He's a great God. Yes. And we talk about His power. You can talk yourself into being happy. Yes. Just preach to yourself. Say, well, you're going to let me come up there and preach? No, no, no. You preach to yourself. <laughs> But you can just talk to yourself and you you be going down the road just talking to yourself. But talk about the greatness of God. Talk about his greatness and his power. You do realize that when we get to heaven, we will be doing a lot of that. And we may see CJ there, but we're not going to be talking about texting games. We're going to be talking about the greatness of God and, and how he has redeemed from every tribe and tongue and people and nation and has made us a king and a priest unto him. Amen. We to tell he's, he's good. And so we can talk about his greatness. Now, I want to shift gears. That that was from last week. And I want to shift gears a little bit and begin to talk about our perspective and handling problems. Handling problems. I know everyone deals with problems and stuff. So let's talk about it. I'm going to use an example from a guy in the Bible that we can learn from. Because this is going to tie directly in with how this, this young man sees himself and how he sees God. Remember, we're talking vision here, perspective. How do we see God? Is he a good God? Is he he a weak God? Is he a powerful God? How do you see him? How do you see yourself? How do you see God interacting with you? So the the story is about a man named Gideon. It's in the Old Testament. I'm going to read about the the oppressive environment that Gideon was living in. Judges chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, and then verse 6. Then the children of Israel. This This is before David was the king. This is right after Israel had come out of Egypt They're living in the promised land. Joshua had died off, and they didn't have kings. They had judges. And so this is in that time frame. No King Saul yet. Moses Moses was gone. Joshua was gone. And so now you had started seeing generations that did not know Joshua, and Israel got sideways again. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian. That was a group of a neighboring country for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So don't you keep in mind here, here's the environment. Seven years, they are oppressed. Seven years, Israel was hiding from the enemy. They built caves, they built dens, they could hide. So they would... They would plant their crops and this group from Midian would come in and Israel could not stop them. They would steal their best stuff. They would hurt them. They would would take whatever they wanted. It was a very oppressive environment. So they're living in an oppressed. They're hiding from their enemy. They did not believe they could win. And they experienced loss for a long time. Seven years is a long time to be oppressed and ruled over. So finally, they cried out to the Lord. You see them, they got, you say, well, why, why did they get why did they get in trouble? We'll talk about that in a second. But here's, here's how this relates to us. Living in a negative situation will have an impact on us, especially if it's been for a long time. If you've lived in a negative situation for a long time, it can cause us to hide from problems. You get a situation, that you just can't seem, and you know, it. Could, so many different areas. It could be in your personal life, it could be in your relational life, it could be in your career, your, your finances, your health. So many areas, if you've dealt with a situation that has been oppressive, I'm not saying you're possessed, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying that you have dealt with a negative situation for a long time. And if you've dealt with a negative situation for a long time, it, it will have an impact on you. And one of, the, one of the things that has an impact in it is that you stop thinking you can win. Well, here's the first thing you do. A lot of times, this is why you see people hide. You say, what do you mean by hide? In other words, I can't face this. I'm not dealing with this. I'm going to hide from it. And there's a lot of different ways people hide from it. You can go into, you know, people who can go into just some kind of escapism. Maybe it's gaming. Maybe it's hobbies. Maybe it's something. You just get engrossed in that. You're escaping. Of course, it can get it can get worse. You, you can a lot of times people who who are drinking in excess are drinking to hide from problems or um, drugs to hide from problems. And so what happens is, after a while, people feel like I just can't win. So instead of dealing with it, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm, gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna face it. I'm not gonna resist it. I'm gonna hide for, from it. And and please. <laughs> Listen, I don't do any counseling around here. So if you think I'm talking about you, I'm not. I'm not talking, if, I if you think i got somebody in mind, I bet he's talking about so-and-so. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. But the bottom line is you, if it's not you, all of us know people who are hiding. And they're hiding because they don't feel like they can win. And what happens is when, when we lose that sense of expectancy that whatever we're dealing with is stronger than we are, It takes the hope straight out of you and you you just don't think you can win and if you don't think you can win it makes life hard I uh, when I was 10 11 12 I used to run uh, Olympic Junior Olympics Do they still have Junior Olympics they still do that probably not there's no Junior Olympic people in here anyway so what what, uh, (laughs) um, so used to run Junior Olympics And I had a regional track meet that was a couple of hours away from my home and I went there I was running in the boys 11 and 12 division and I was 12 and I tore that group it was it was a great day it was like the high watermark of my entire athletic career I won the hundred yard dash I won the long jump I won the 220 and I had three guys that came up to me, and said, will you run in the relay with us, the 440 relay? We, that was yards then, not meters. Will you run the 440 relay? And I, I'm like, just give me the, give me the baton last. I got it. And, and we won. I walked away with four, four blue ribbons that day. Four. It was, if I, if they, uh, <laughs> don't clap, <laughs> don't clap. I was 12. And it gets worse. So, you have a day like that, you're confident. I mean, by the time we got down to that relay race, I'm like, I don't care how far behind, I'm I'm gonna win this thing. I mean, you, you, athletes call it being in the zone. I was in the zone. Two weeks later, I show up for the state junior Olympic track meet in North Carolina. I go jogging and I'm feeling good. I already ripped up one group. I'm like, who's next? And I show up, and I jog down to see a guy who had a lanyard around his neck. He was writing on a clipboard. I said, sir, hi, boy, sir. Where, where are the boys 11 and 12, 100 yard dash? I'll never forget, he never looked up. He said, we don't have boys 11 and 12, yard dash. It's boys 12 and 13, they're down there. Well, How many of you know sometimes there can be a big difference between a 12 year old boy and a 13 year old boy? I look down at these gorillas down there and I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? And I could already feel the hope draining out of me. And I, I jog down there and they're all these, they're 13 years old I'm like, what are they doing? They're all built, they got hairy legs. They're like, they're talking to one another like, good luck, good luck, good luck. And I'm like, hi, good luck. I had three hairs on one ankle that I was very proud of. Man, I, I lined up for that 100-yard dash. Now, here, here's, what, here's what's interesting. Two weeks, two weeks prior, I ran a great 100-yard dash time for me, for a 12-year-old. I ran, when they kicked when the when they starting gun, I was beat before I ever got started. You might understand what I'm talking about. You've already lost before you ever ran the race came in so far in last place that they were already on the track talking to people when I'm trying to finish the 100-yard day. That's why I said don't clap. (laughs) It it was horrible. It It was a disaster for the rest of the day. But here's the worst thing. Physically, nothing had changed in me. Physically, I was ready to go. But mentally and emotionally, I was done. I was shot. Ran a horrible time. What am I talking about? I'm talking about if you do not have the expectancy that you can win. If you do not think that between you and God that you can get over this, it will hinder you. And it makes life hard. Israel was living with this lack of expectancy. And if you're living with a lack of expectancy, it's, it's going to get tough. So what do you do? Do the very same thing that Israel did. If, you're in, if you find yourself in a situation like that, and, and you're just like... I, I, I can't win. I can't do this. What can I do? You can do this. Psalms. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I cry to you all day long. Now notice it said, it doesn't say I cry all day long. It says I cry to you all day long. Rejoice the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. That word rejoice means make glad the soul of your servant. Lord, I'm lifting up my soul to you, for you, O oh Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you in the day of my trouble. I will call upon you for you will answer me. I said, well, David wrote that. Yeah, but God's no respecter of persons. If he answered David, he'll answer you. What, what do you do when you hit a situation where you're like, this is where we have to turn to God. This is where we cry out to God and go, I can't fix this. I can't, I can't do, but I can't live with this sense of being defeated all my life. And like I said, for a lot of people, you might be doing great in your business and horrible in your relationships. Or maybe you feel like, man, spiritually, I, I just keep messing up. But in other areas of my life, I'm great. Listen, whatever the area is, this is what I'm talking about. Whatever the area is, if you hit a, if you hit a spot, this is where you, the, the Bible said he is merciful. The Lord is merciful to all who call upon him. What we have to stop doing is throwing our hands up and go, I just can't do it. When, when, when Gideon was here and Israel had given up and too oftentimes people give up. So what do you do? God sends an answer to Israel. Now He sent an answer and uh, this is interesting. So Israel's crying out to God. Oh God, deliver me from the Midianites. Oh God, deliver me from the Midianites. Oh Lord, deliver me. The Lord answered them. But look how he answered them. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And also I said to you, I'm the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell but you've not obeyed my voice. Now you read that and you go, whoa, whoa, Alan, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, Israel wanted relief from Midian, but God sent a prophet with a course correction. You say, well, why would the Lord do that? We, Lord, I need help. Well, what they needed to do is they needed to stop doing what they were doing to cause the problem. See, they were worshiping wrong gods. They were serving the God. The Lord said, don't do that. He said, I got you. I'm the one that got you out of Egypt. I'm the one that delivers you. I'm the one that brought you into the land. I'm the one that told you, don't be worshiping those other gods, which aren't gods. And they were doing it anyway. And so the Lord's like, no. So this was a correction. Now, you say, well, so if I ask God for help, is he going to correct me? Probably. <laughs> you still with me? Don't leave. We've got to a few minutes. God sends answers our way. Proverbs 15th chapter. Listen, Proverbs, I, in fact, Anybody anybody read the devotional today? I did this on on the devotional. It ties right in. The ear that hears the rebukes of life will abide among the wise. He who disdains instruction despises his own soul, but he who heeds rebuke gets understanding. like, Alan, I don't want to hear about rebuke. I need to hear about handling a problem. A rebuke is a correction over something that's wrong. Guys, oftentimes when we hit problems in life, one, don't blame God. It's not his fault. But number two is, Lord, if I'm messing up, would you please show me where I'm messing up so I can make some changes? It's Have you ever seen this many people get quiet at one time? It's, it's, Now, listen to me. Rebuke is correcting a wrong. There's a difference between a rebuke and rejection. The Lord is not rejecting you. He's rebuking you. And I got another thing. There's a difference between rebuke and reviling. The Lord corrected, but He doesn't. He's not going to put you down and demean you. When He when He rebukes you, which is a strong correction, when the Lord corrects you, it's so you can make an adjustment. I grew up in a home with with. Uh, I know y'all looking at me like, I don't know if I like this. Well, I'll just talk about me for a little bit. I grew up in a home where where. I think if it was today, my family would be uh, diagnosed as dealing with clinical depression. It was bad. We just called it bad moods. My family was perpetually in bad moods, and so I grew up learning how to be in bad moods, and I can be in bad moods, horrible moods. And I'm out of. I'm married. I'm out of. I'm out of Bible school. I'm working. I was working for a company, at Minnesota, and was in I was working for them, and I will never forget. I came in and I was talking with a the lady there who was one of our, he, she kind of ran the office. She was our admin. She was so sweet. Her name was Lou Ann. And Lou Ann had the most southern accent I have ever heard. It reminded me of Lou Ann Poovy from Gomer Pyle. <laughs> she talked like this. And I was talking to her one day, and she looked at me and she said, Alan. Your bad moods are horrible—just horrible. Just horrible. <laughs> That's a rebuke. I remember I went—I was going to the gym after that. And I went to the gym, and I'm sitting there trying to work out. And I finally told the Lord, "I said that was you, wasn't it?" That was—and what it did was it hit me straight in the face. That I need to get over this. And I need to stop yielding to bad moods because they're hurting my family and they're hurting my relationships, and I need to stop. How do you know that was a loving thing to do? She wasn't trying to hurt me. She didn't look at me and go, And you're the worst individual I have ever met in my life, and I hate your guts. That's not what she said. She just said, Your bad moods are horrible. And it was a it was correction. Now listen, the Bible said if we'll listen to it, if we'll have an ear for it, then we're wise. Listen, if I'm messing up, if I'm on the wrong path, I need to know what I'm doing that's wrong. I don't want to keep perpetuating the problem over and over and over again. And when the Lord gives us wisdom, he's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you and lift you up and so when it comes you say well wait a minute how, how, does, how does rebuke come because I, I, I don't want to rebuke well right now honestly what I'm doing right now for some of you is a rebuke it's a correction it can come it, don't raise your hands but how many of you have ever sat in service and just felt like I was in your business <laughs> it's like I've had people walk up and go you in my house I said right when I hug you, I put a bug on the back of your thing so I can listen to what's going on. No, I'm not in your house. But how many of you, don't, like I said, don't raise your hand. How many of you felt like, dear Lord, I just went there following you and he just got in my business the whole time? What? Because I, because I know your situation? No. Because I'm trying to hurt you? No. Because I'm trying to be a problem to you or put you down? No. Listen, correction, when it comes from God, is loving. And it's helpful, but you've got to be willing to listen to it. And gotta be willing to go, Lord, you're right. I was sitting in in Lakewood, close. I was sitting in Lakewood years and years ago. I was working with the youth. And uh, the youth pastor happened to be speaking, and he stood up and he he was talking in the middle of his message. He just said, he said, said, now if you tell you what, he said, if you if you are if you're dating or marrying an unbeliever, he said, you're gonna have problems in there. The Bible said, Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And uh, she said, and that means dating. And I just turned. There was a girl sitting next to me. She worked in the youth. Uh, in in the, the I just turned and I looked over her. I said, uh, you wouldn't do that, would you? And then just went back listening. She blanched. She, she nudged me. She said, why did you say that? I said, no, no. Just said it. Well, she left after the service. A few weeks later, she comes back up. She said, I want to thank you. I said, for what? She said, when you said that to me about dating an unbeliever, she said, I was engaged to a guy. He's not a believer. He said, I know in my heart I wasn't supposed to marry this guy. She said, but when you said that, it's like it went off in me. She said, I broke, she said, I broke the engagement. She said, I, I know what the Lord's plan is. That was an unintended rebuke. It was a correction. But, guys, listen, if we're the ones causing our problems, I want to know how to stop it. I want to know what I can do. Lord, help me not keep doing the same thing. So, whatever happened to your bad moods, Alan? They begin to diminish, to diminish, to diminish. Now it's incredibly rare to see me in a bad mood. Really, really rare. I believe in growing. I I believe wherever you are, it can get better. How many of you know the Lord can help us on this? So, happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Oh, you know I love you, right? But listen, we've got to be able to make course, and and I don't know what your course correction is, but here's a good thing. Lord, in this area, what can I do? To change now <laughs> oh gosh I, for those of you who are married you know this if you ever start praying about what your spouse needs to change don't do that I'm gonna, I'm gonna save you some time and pain just focus on you first and say Lord what what can I do because if you hadn't figured this out yet you can't change them the Lord can but they got to want to. So, happy Thanksgiving! <laughs> uh, let's pray. Bow your head with me. If you came this evening and you said, while wow, I endured all that, and I don't even know the Lord. I don't even know if He is my Savior, I, I'm not sure. Or maybe you're here and I was talking to you, or you're online, and you say, You know, Alan, I, I know I've gotten away from the Lord. I'm, I know what's going on I know I need to come back heads are bowed eyes are closed no one's looking around but we're gonna say a prayer and if that's you and you say you know I want, I want to change that tonight would you pray for me would you slip up your hand across this auditorium and the hands go up all over yeah thank you for your honesty appreciate that And you can put your hands down now we're gonna say a prayer and I realize some of you are just realizing okay I I need to make a course correction. So whether you need to make a course correction with the Lord or whether you need to come to him, we're going to say this all this prayer together. We're going to join you online. If you're by yourself, pray it out loud. Uh, if you're with others, pray it quietly. We're going to join you as a church family. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. Thank you, Father, for all of us. Help us, Lord. Show us where we need to change, where we need to correct. Your path, you show us the path of life, and your rebukes are rebukes of life, not death. Thank you for what they produce in us. Lord, we thank you for these who have come to you or come back. We rejoice with them in Jesus' name. Amen.